Hello, Internet. My name is Light Sabir, also known as Rayhan. This is Untold Culture, a brand new gaming podcast on the Internet for you to listen to. I have two co-hosts here today, Michael and Chris. But before we go into that, I'd just like to say this is an awesome, awesome opportunity for us to just talk video games. This is going to be something cool. If you have listened to the trailer beforehand, then you're in for a real treat. We have a very cool episode one launching very soon. And also a very cool director's cut version that's launching alongside only on YouTube. All the social text channels are on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Discord server if you'd like to join that. Without further ado, let me introduce you to Chris and Michael. Yo, hey guys, I'm Mike. And yeah, this is uh, this is something fresh for us to begin with. Um, we're going to be doing so much different kind of stuff. Um, mainly Untold Culture is going to be based around gaming and pop culture and stuff but yeah we're going to be bringing on awesome guests and getting a creative uh, creative conversation started within the industry and yeah um, i'm super excited this has been something that we've been working on since uh the beginning of december and finally we uh we're starting this so i'm super excited and to have chris come along as well and and join this adventure as well chris do your bits Hey, I'm Chris. Thanks, Mike. No, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Uh, it's, it is such a cool thing that we're doing. I mean, we all love video games. We all love pop culture. What better way than just to talk about it with all you amazing people there as well. And I get to talk to these guys all the time, which is great. I love them. Um, and we'll say one thing though, Ray. You said cool a lot in that opening and loads of people picked up on that. So Ray's favorite word is cool, just so you all know. Okay, you're going to hear it a lot from him. So get used to it. Don't like it. Then you know what to do. Uh, so yeah, um, Untold Culture is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm really proud of everybody. Um, we worked really hard on it. Going from the first name we had for this was as Instant Reload. <laughs> and then we kind of, Instant Reload? We, we kind of, you know, rest in peace, Instant Reload. And we kind of evolved it. And then we got Untold Culture. Ray came with this amazing name called Untold Culture. Uh, and it's awesome because, I mean, you know, it's, we're going to tell you stories about a culture that's untold through a lot of cool things that you, obviously I'm saying cool, through a lot of things that you might not have heard from special guests and things uh, that you might not know about more into the kind of side of the development of video games uh, and TV shows and movies other than just what you see in, in like the, the internet articles and things. This is more going to go in-depth dive sometimes. Not all the times, we're an easy listen, but sometimes we will take that in-depth dive, that instant reload, I did it, that you guys will want to hear. Keep a look out for the instant reload. We'll start. We'll start with Chris then in this in this uh, episode zero podcast that we're doing. Uh, who are you, Chris, and uh, what are you currently doing? Yeah. So basically, um, I am Chris. Chris Josty. Uh, I am a actor, scriptwriter, um, cosplayer. I, I do a lot of things. Um, if you want to check out my cosplay page, it's Wanted Man Cosplay. Little plug there. Uh, uh, and what have I been up to during this lockdown? Um, I have been up to quite a bit actually i can combine some news with some gaming news basically um i've been writing a tv series called humanity which is a kind of like a soap drama for a new generation but the gaming related thing to do with that is i'm writing it with an assassin's creed voice actor which is crazy i'm writing uh this 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 uh, this tv show with a guy called johnny neal uh who is an extremely talented actor and writer um who basically i'm probably going to butcher his name played the assassin from Assassin's Creed Chronicles India in both the UK, America, and other English-speaking countries. He literally voiced the assassin, uh, which I think you pronounce Abaz Mia. He voiced Abaz Mia, which is amazing. I'm literally writing a TV show with this guy. And when he told me, I freaked out because through my cosplay, I've actually worked with Ubisoft myself, who, you know, to put out that Ubisoft are really cool guys. Um, so if any of you guys from Ubisoft UK teams listening, I love you guys. Um, treated me really well and I when I cosplayed Jacob Fry for them I was like the UK um, physical embodiment of Jacob Fry I guess I taught the whole um, not the whole UK but most of the UK uh, as Jacob Fry with Ubisoft it was great um, and I was telling Johnny this and didn't know he'd voiced for Assassin's Creed and he was like oh you 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 got to be an assassin I was like yeah he's like I am an assassin I'm like what he's like yeah I played an assassin in Assassin's Creed because I didn't know. And I was like, what? No. That's crazy. So proper thought that was really cool. So yeah, I'm writing a, um, also, I suppose it, 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 it actually, you know, um, he also voices some characters in Wolfenstein. Uh, which one? The new Colossus, the second Wolfenstein game as well. I found out. Uh, he also voices some other characters in some other upcoming video games that I can't talk about. <laughs> 
<laughs> he may not have told me the complete one as well. So he didn't, he didn't break his end. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Sneak previews already, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I'll try and get him on a guest on the show sometime, though, because he'd be great to talk to. He's a really good guy. That'd be awesome. Um, he talked about all his voice acting experience because he has got quite a bit of it. If you guys want to hear about that, let us know because I can get a few cool voice actors on the podcast, not name dropping just in case they say no, but I'm friends with quite a few voice actors in the industry. So, you know, uh, <laughs> hopefully we can get some cool people. But yeah, that's really me. I mean, I, I've been busy writing a TV show, busy coming up with podcasts with these guys, really working hard, uh, trying to smash it out. So you guys really enjoy listening to us. Um, we, you know, from everything to testing microphones, all this kind of stuff to make it the best possible experience for you, the listener, we possibly can. Um, and we just want to give you this, the, the best time possible because you only get so many hours in a day. So you want to fill them with things you enjoy. And let's hope by the end of this episode, untold culture is one of the things you enjoy. Everybody, you Over to me. Oh, crazy. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm Mikey, uh, most known as, uh, Brock, um, I'll get into why my name's Croc um, in a bit, but yeah, I'm I'm basically newly industry kind of uh, person. I've kind of like driven myself through my whole career, going to university and you know studying video games and and and, and that kind of stuff, and found myself in this um, in this company called Admix, which I am the content creator and basically community manager uh, for the company, where I will be um, doing Twitch streams and and creating YouTube videos and being kind of the face of the company, which is super exciting for me to kind of go down on. Um, I'm excited about this because uh, for about three or four years, I was a brand ambassador for Nintendo. So um, coming back, uh, my background being an ambassador for them and going doing tours around the UK and showing off Nintendo Switch and all the games and that kind of you stuff. You did the same thing as me, but not dressed as an assassin, basically. <laughs> yeah, so I was, the, I was the guy on the booth showing people how to play the game. You were the guy there dressed up as the character from the game and running around trying to kill people. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like me in a nutshell. I've I've, I've delved in, in in and out of the industry uh, from like doing playtesting to um, yeah, doing ambassador work. And now finally uh, found myself with this new job, which I'm super happy to have and, and I'm re- really enjoying it. So yeah, keep a lookout for all of that stuff as well. I'm not going to try and plug Admix a lot, but um, if you do are interested, uh, yeah, um, yeah, check out AdMix hey, and stuff. But, plug plug yeah. AdMix where you want. I plug my cosplay page around. Also, yeah, yeah. also oh. at Chris Jost, you're on Instagram. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get, we'll, we could, you know what we could do, bro? We could just plug all of our, like, <laughs> all of our socials at the end, like, one by one. Our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, like, all of that stuff. My MSN, my Bebo. My, 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 my Bebo. Now. What the Everything. frick? Bebo, you know? Ho- what's that? What's that? Hotel Habbo. What's that one? Habbo Hotel. Habbo Hotel, bro. I love how this podcast is currently dictated by two white guys. Whoa. Whoa. I can't oh, go. You haven't had much to say. Hell. Go on. Yeah. You, you do your bits. Um, no, I was letting you guys take the flow. Uh, very interesting topics there, Chris. Uh, cosplay dude. I remember meeting Chris uh, before he, he added me on Facebook, or maybe I did. Uh, I bumped into Chris at EGX 2015 before he even actually knew me. Uh, he dressed up as... Um, See, I can't actually remember the name, but Assassin's Creed Syndicate, there was a main character, the Jacob dude. Jacob Fry. Jacob Fry, yes. And he cosplayed him at the Ubisoft stand, and I bumped into it, and I was like, dude, can I take a picture? Self-plugged. And then I got that pic- I still have that picture to this day. No, um, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see and it. I, it's I, on I'll, Instagram, I'll, I'll, probably. I'll post that soon. And uh, yeah, I, I, I met Mike uh, through some mutual friends. I think he was uh, currently at university or graduating at the time, but... Since yeah. then, I've seen Mike do a lot of cool things through Nintendo and, and, and stuff like that. Very happy to be this, uh, on this adventure with them. But yeah, my name is Lightsaber. That's my nickname. This is, uh, once again, just saying it. Because I'm going to keep saying it until you guys can actually remember it. Untold Culture. You just remember that. Yeah. You just just remember that. Just you. Um, I am... Um, to be honest, I don't even know who I am. Uh, that's, a, that's a weird topic. That's a deep who question, bro. Are you, are you going deep on us right now, bro? Oh. People used to say, uh, dude... You were the guy that I knew on social media. I was like, no, dude, I was a guy from the shadows. I used to play a lot of games and then put them on YouTube, you know, like Let's Plays and stuff like that. But I didn't really find myself enjoying that a lot. I used to like talking about it, but I used to not enjoy playing them. So I think this sort of venture that we're doing, we get to play games by ourselves and and meme about them, but then actually talk about it afterwards on a post-editing thing. And I, 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 I would maybe, prefer that. If you guys want to see it, we might do it together. Oh, mate, there's so much stuff that we can do. We can Three go down that road if you want together. to. I mean, if you guys want to see it, we'll...
yeah we could actually yeah, we definitely. could actually do some really cool stuff in the future like um let's plays and stuff um definitely man obs this studio is, is a platform beginning. that we can use one of, one of the so things right. i'm looking forward to talking to the most on this show is pretty much just my love for video games and sort of the stuff that happens around them a lot of people enjoy the games but they don't really know what happens behind the game sort of development the crunches the kotaku news the 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 stuff that goes on and being able to dive deep into that and extract that with two people this really cool show called untold culture but episode zero this is and let's go straight into one of our topics that we're going to be talking about what is your favorite game of all time chris and mike who wants to go first the last of us okay okay yeah i see where you're going the last of us i mean come on that game is an absolute masterpiece you're right it i is, mean yeah. you guys have got, yeah. seen it by now right you're gonna see the, 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 our banner for untold culture i not only look like kratos i am wearing joel's final shirt from the last of us if you spotted that give yourself a pat on the back and did you spot- oh man it's easter eggs bro easter eggs there are easter there are eggs. a lot of easter eggs there are in that a few more easter eggs in there yeah. especially one for a certain axe of a certain character Ooh. <laughs> but yeah um well, it has to be the last of us i've never known a game with a narrative structure to take me on such an emotional roller coaster did you cry bro did you cry the only two games that have taken me on a similar emotional roller coaster are the telltales the walking dead season one uh, and bioshock infinite um, they are two. Chris, have you have you never played like. Final Fantasy? Yeah, no, I, you know, I've, I've I've played some Final Fantasy, but I've never actually finished one. I mean, I dived a bit in Final Fantasy VII, the original, never finished it. Um, but now I'm currently playing through Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I'm loving it because it is a action RPG. I love games like Nier Automata, like an action RPG. Uh, I'm down with that. I love the combat, um, and I like the tactical elements of the combat. It still has that kind of not turn-based element, but that you got to think on your feet, use like your materia and stuff. So I think that's really cool. Um, the fact that it has that element as part of it, and I think it definitely keeps you engaged while you're having combat. You got to. But the Final it. Fantasy games, right? They they have a narrative linear structure like The Last of Us. And and you're telling me that The Last of Us is your favorite game because of the narrative direction. Have you have you never played an old school Final Fantasy game? But an old school Final Fantasy game doesn't take you on a journey like The Last of Us does, and I mean that in the best possible way. The Last of Us Ooh, is close controversy. to a cinematic experience. <laughs> The Last of Us is close to a cinematic experience you are ever gonna get. We're gonna, in a we're video gonna be getting game. a lot of debate ever. between Final Fantasy fans yeah, and the Last of Us. Part two. You can't really compare them though, Ray. You're saying about, I love it for the, the, the narrative structure. I love it because when I was playing The Last of Us, I didn't feel like I was playing a video game. I felt like I was living the life of Joel and Ellie. I don't care how deep that is. That is literally how I felt. I felt like I really cared about these characters. I'm living their lives. It was just so well put together. You literally see Joel from the moment, spoilers, he loses his daughter to the point of he is fighting for his new daughter, his new adopted daughter. Um, even though she's not technically, but in his eyes, she is, right? He'll do anything for Ellie. It's such an, a well-rounded, told story. And I've never, ever before just kind of just sat there and just taken in a video game as much as I did The Last of Us, apart from, I'd say, Bioshock Infinite, because I love that game. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, the Last of Us is just up there. The, the characters, the story, the music. Gustav yeah. Central Liars, music in The Last of Us is incredible. I have okay. People are going to argue with me. Final Fantasy's music is incredible. I know it's timeless, and I agree. Final Fantasy has some incredible scores. All right, I'm not going to say they don't. But Gustav Central Liars music in The Last of Us is just wow. It just I mean, matches the it game super exactly. well. That's- it, it matches the game yeah, perfectly. Perfect. Just from those opening Definitely. titles, you just know you're in for an how did, how did experience. Neil, how did Neil get um, him to score the the game? Because because I know who because they they had like a sort of different creative direction for Uncharted. I mean, I mean, how did how did they even how did they even know about Gustavo? Like, how did they even because Gustavo is like if you watch, uh, um, I believe I could be wrong, so please don't quote me on this. That Neil was a fan of Gustavo's films. He scored. Uh, and he approached Gustavo saying, look, I've got this video game. It's like no other video game has been made like for narrative structure. Sorry to put it in there uh, and, and stuff like that. Uh, and I, I believe he approached Gustavo and he was like, this is what I'm doing. Are you interested? He read the kind of breakdown of the story and what they had of a script and went, wow, this isn't like a video game. This is like a movie. And he went, who, who, di- who directed Birdman? Uh, because- there was a film called Birdman a few years ago. 
Um, uh, I, I don't know who directed Birdman. Is it Alexandre Inaritu? He was he's like a really famous director, right? And and we're going off topic from games, but I just wanted to just wanted to didn't he direct this. The Revenant as well? The guy who directed Birdman. And, and 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 I'm just I'm just clarifying this for point of reference, right? Gustavo Gustavo and uh, and Antonio Sanchez, who is a Grammy Award winning composer, who did the who did the music for The Revenant, who did the music for 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 Birdman. Um, I believe they are in the same category for the type of music they do. So, so I'm I'm really excited to listen to Gustavo's score for the Last of Us Part Two because he didn't have much to play on with the first game because because I don't, don't I don't get think me because Last I was reading a lot a, a lot on the text about the development of Last of Us and they didn't Naughty Dog themselves didn't know if the game was going to be a hit or not. So I think Gustavo didn't really have that creative freedom to like like his music is great. But I don't think he had enough creative freedom to do. I disagree with you. I I I, I thoroughly believe they gave Gustavo a blank slate and went go for it. Whatever you think, man. Like, like this is you know someone who's done so many movies and things, TV shows. Uh, they, they gave him a blank slate and went you 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 go for it, man. You, you see what, what you can come up with. Bloody... And what he created is timeless. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it has been argued it's one I of the agree. greatest video game scores of all time. And I think it is one of the greatest video game scores of all time. It is timeless. It is, it is, it is so important to me, the score, that I literally, and I'm obviously kicking myself about it now, when I first bought a vinyl player, the only vinyl I wanted to own was the Last of Us soundtrack on vinyl because I had to hear how, how clear it was, right? Do you know how much I paid for it? Because it was sold out everywhere and they hadn't re-released it at this point because it got re-released on colored vinyl literally three months after I bought it for this price. I paid £300 on eBay for this box wow. set because I had to listen to this vinyl on... I, on, on well, I listened to this vinyl. I had to listen to the vinyl on, on my player. I had to stuff experience like that. It's like, it's well, how it should be experienced, you know? Uh, Mike, it wasn't ever so... It was just such an experience. I know it sounds crazy, but it was like I just closed my eyes and listened to everything. And you can hear the sound stage on vinyl is just so. Like, people can argue it's not bigger, but the sound is and because so much you kind of know and the listening. songs, you know what part yeah. of the game that song was played in. Oh, completely. So you're kind completely. of visualizing completely. like the game as it's the, the music's going on, which is noise. Awesome yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you, you do when you when you play games like this. It's like you you remember. Oh my god oh man i remember that part in the game and and when the song starts playing and it makes you start yeah. re- re- remembering it makes you really experience that's the sign of a good definitely, video game man. soundtrack definitely. though is when you remember exactly what links with the when when it proves that you've been focusing on everything you're supposed to the gameplay yeah. the narrative and the music when you're you know what links game. to them you know e- even if you listen to one of the old school let's say i don't know the old school pokemon soundtracks right which we all love okay but being back on the back on the game boys yeah people know that's Pallet Town yeah. because they resonated with it. You know, that's, that's you know, obviously there was le- there was no dialogue back in those days, but you listen to music more, but you know exactly where it was because they've got the music right with exactly what yeah. you're playing and you always remember where they're linked to, you know? The only other game I'd say has done that in recent memory, in my opinion, apart from obviously like Final Fantasy and stuff, Final Fantasy VII Remake, done an incredible job with remixing its score, right? But one game I think you guys will agree is really stuck out on their soundtrack recently and was incredible is God of War. Wow. Wow. Bear McCreary's score of God of War is phenomenal. Absolutely Mick phenomenal. Gordon's score for Doom is too, right? I mean, I, I haven't played Eternal yet, but but that's that's a game I need to play soon. But when I when I first heard Doom's score, I, I absolutely fell in love. All right, I'm going to go slightly off topic here, guys. What's your favorite video game score of all time? You know mine's the oh, last of us. Don't make me do but... this. Don't make me do this. This is a tough one. We're doing it. It's episode uh, zero. I'm, I'm going to start, I'm gonna start with Jesper Kidd's score for Assassin's Creed 2. It's timeless. It is still... Oh, Ezio's family. It's timeless. Yes. Sanctuary to, to, to the Madame, to, to Ezio's family, yes. to Venice Rutops, to Escaping yes. Florence, to, to Earth, to Yamus, to... I, I can remember all of them. And to this day, oh Sanctuary God. is still in my Spotify on repeat. To this day. You know what? It's so funny because... Ray. I'm proud I'm of that. I'm not really sure what my favorite score for a game is, but I know songs that instantly makes me think whenever I listen to that kind of music, I'm like, I feel like I'm in this game. And that's Fallout 3. Oh, you mean you listen to all the whole the, the all, 19th yeah, century? Yeah, all that type kind of, of music. Whenever the, you, that type of music yeah, comes yeah. on, like uh, Ring of Fire or, um, I, sorry, I Set the World on Fire, that kind of stuff. Whenever that type of music from that gen- that generation come, plays anywhere, it just makes me feel like 
I mean, Fallout 3. See, I used to love Fallout music until I worked in a video game shop and they played... <laughs> oh my God, bro. <laughs> the, Wanderer, get... the Wanderer was played on repeat. Every single 10 minutes, it would be the Wanderer. And I'd be I like... I was literally working in game when... I was working in game when uh, Fallout 76 come out and it just kept playing... Um... Um, is it is it what the one that plays in Fallout 4, Take Me Home, Country Home? Yeah, that one, yeah. Home. Oh my God. We had that song playing on repeat all day in game, and I was literally like, "Oh man!" But yeah, so um, I was actually going to kind of throw oh, into yeah, take me home uh, country road because we've spoken a lot about um, you know, um, Mikey, what's your favorite video game? If you couldn't tell from my about me, um, <laughs> my name Croc is Croc on PS One. What? Yeah, Mike. What's your favorite video game? Huh? Yeah, dude. And I know that you like it's not a, it's not a game that people are like, oh my god! But there's what? so many other better games out there. What? Of course. The reason, huh? yeah. But the reason why Croc on the PS One is my favorite game is because it was one of the earliest games I ever remember picking up, and I played that game over and over and over again as a child. Fair play, my dude. Yeah. Whenever I jump back into it, it just that nostalgic feeling of just running around, jumping on these little brown little little monsters and oh, smashing that. boxes and picking up diamonds there's just something about it that just you know it um it just makes me happy and that i feel reminds like me that reminds me of a game mikey um have you ever played a game called gex on the ps1 and gex gecko don't oh, think I so. that. I thought you were talking about this other one on Xbox. I think that 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 what you're what you're describing about Croc is very similar to what I've experienced with with Gex or or because there was a there was a game called Gex Free, something like that, and the yeah. title was Enter the Gecko, and okay. um, sort of what you're describing to me there is exactly how I'm how I'm thinking in my head, so I can understand yeah. sort of the nostalgic. But don't get of- me wrong, man. Like obviously, there's like, I have I have a, a tier list of favorite games, right? But, you know, Croc will always be in the top because it's just my fondest memory. But if I was to go on to, like, other games that I really, really enjoy, I would say, like, Fallout 3 and Diablo 2. Um, Diablo 2, definitely, because I I completed that game with, like, every single character. I did it with the expansion. And, I, yeah, I I can play that game any day, any time. And I wouldn't even be like, oh, I've already completed this because... The re- it's not like there's a replay factor, but there is like you can go on many different paths and 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 I will still get the same amount of enjoyment out of it. So fair yeah. play, my dude. Fair play, my dude. I know what Rayhan's gonna say. What am I gonna say? Oh, Destiny Two. Destiny Two is one of the games that I've played over the last couple of years. Uh, I've sacrificed it, unfortunately, due to the state of the current game and Bungie's current development. But Destiny Two is is one of the best comeback stories for a bit until they messed it up again. But it's just the way the way that Bungie is is handling the development of the game. They have a skeleton crew currently working on the game. This is due to the the amount of resources that they are plunging into their new IP that they are currently developing. We don't know whether this is going to be a mobile game or is this is going to be a narrative story like Mass Effect or or something like that. But I don't think that they're going to be making an, an another MMO. I think they're going to be making uh, an offline with elements of co- uh, online co-op. But, but you need to stick to what they know best, which is which single-player is, narrative yeah. games with great multiplayer components. Those great, fantastic multiplayer components. They need to stick to that, which Halo is where they should stay. I mean, obviously, they're not Halo anymore, but... Yeah. They had a surge of $100 million paid by a Chinese company into Bungie to create a new IP exclusively for them. Uh, It's an MMO Uh, mobile. But it's still going to be based around the same... The same same concept. Oh no! It, it could be sure. anything. If it's are. for a Chinese company, it's going to be a mobile game. Yeah, but it, anyways, might, it might even go down the the, the route of the route of Konami and be a Pachenko machine for all we know. If if they do do that, then I'm going to just completely say, look, Bungie, I've I've had my time with you. I've shared really good moments with you, but unfortunately, the way that you're going, we have to depart ways, and I need to jump back on the Sony bandwagon because I'm missing out on a lot of games because I haven't even played Spider Man yet. That's how well, bad it is. Yay. Lucky for you, Ray, Spider-Man I, uh, is down to $12.99 yeah, on the right. PlayStation Store at the moment. You and should I've get just that right it. now. I've just purchased it for the fourth time because I keep on trading it in because I'm skint. I'm not skint anymore. But yeah, basically, I bought Spider-Man again 
and well fist, fist of the North Star as well. That's down to twelve ninety nine as well. You get the DLC Japan sale on PS4, right? Isn't it? PS4, yeah, PS4, yeah, PS4, yeah, yeah, man. Get Would you say get the DLC for it? No, I didn't get the DLC for it, Mike. No, because I thought I'm not. Uh, probably my track record of finishing games is shit, so I'm probably never going to uh, get around to the DLC. Okay, so yeah. Chris has said the Last of Us. Mikey has said Croc, and I'm going to say Dead Space Two. Oh. Wow, Dead Space Two. Dead Space Two, and I respect that decision massively because that game was awesome. So yeah, Dead Space Two. Um, it's it's like Chris said when when you play The Last of Us and and you don't know what's going on and you've seen a few gameplay trailers and you've seen the trailers but you don't really know what's going on in the game you don't know the concept of it so you start exploring it you get this and you get that and you and you build you you build your character you build Joel's character you work your way up to these new levels and designs Dead Space Two is exactly that game and it takes you through this this cinematic story from 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 who you are. What about um, Final Fantasy, Ray? What about Final yeah. Fantasy? Yeah, what about them? Final yeah. See, I'm playing Maybe Final Fantasy X. If Evil, I get into right? that game, I'd, I'd be here for two hours. But Dead Space 2 <laughs> is one of my favorite games because level design, music, sound effects, and overall, what a fucking badass game that is. I'm sorry. Visceral games are done over, man. Yeah. F in chat for visceral games, please. F in chat for visceral games. I will, I will never, chat, ever yeah. experience another game like I did with Dead Space 2. And why? It's because I finished that game 12 times. Because I kept wow. going back, I kept going back for the collectibles. I kept going back for the weapon kills. I kept. Did you get the foam hand? Did you get the foam hand? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time since I played it, but if they do remaster Dead Space One, Two, and Three, I am going to take a holiday for six months so I can go platinum all three of those games. I mean, EA has to do that though, and EA just don't seem to know what the consumer wants right now. So EA. People want Dead Space remastered. Yes. If you're listening PS, from EA, PS5 and Xbox Series X, and possibly if you can run it, a Switch port. So moving on to the next topics of, of we, what we spoke about was our, what, what our favorite video game of all time is. Let's go into detail of what our favorite game series is. I'll start first and we'll go backwards. It's a very tough on that because there are a lot of video game titles that, that stuck with my heart. But if there's one that I love the most... I'm going to have to go with Assassin's Creed. Um, all the I hate to... you. I was going to choose that. Damn it. I'm thinking of another one. <laughs> we, I'm going to have to say, see, I'm going to have to say Assassin's Creed all the way up to just after, just before, we'll say just before Syndicate or after Syndicate. Why? After because Syndicate. Ubisoft has had such an amazing time developing those games, but I, I feel like Assassin's Creed has become so big that I think they need to let go of the name Assassin's Creed and they need to start Titling them different. Completely, different. completely. When we grew agree. up with Assassin's Creed, we 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 learned about Altair, we learned about Ezio, and we learned about all these different characters. And the gameplay and the and the narrative, what makes Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed is the link between the old school classical civilization and this current system that we had in the modern style gameplay of 2012 and the whole world dying and Desmond Miles. And and after Desmond Miles. We felt empty. We didn't know what to do with Assassin's Creed. So they killed Assassin's Desmond Creed off one, way too. Yeah, soon. I mean, I mean, they yeah they they had to do that for story purposes. But yeah, because it was running against real world events with 2012, wasn't? It? That's right. For me, if if I could go back and experience Assassin's Creed two all the way up to three, I would I would gladly sacrifice every single video game series there is on this planet just to go. Wow. Play it. What? What? I, I, I spent I've spent I've spent countless of hours hundred percent in those games. Collectible okay, stories. I kind of I sacrifice kind of every video game series. <laughs> every Final Fantasy fan is rattling their teacups right now. I don't know about writing you hate game, mail. But for me, me, number two and Brotherhood definitely are the best ones out there. Oh, Brotherhood, that line, that line, no mortal man can kill me. They'll leave you in the hands of, it. and he kicks him off. I love yeah, it. Man. Brotherhood is definitely my favorite of all of the Assassin's Creed games in its trilogy, whatever you want to call Wasn't it. Wasn't Brotherhood the series. one that everyone played? Like everybody played. Like, everyone played Brotherhood because of they heard how good two was. Yeah, yeah, Brotherhood is amazing. It was so good. It even had Raiden from Metal Gear Solid in it. <laughs> oh shit! Oh yeah, Wait, what? What? yeah. Brotherhood had Raiden in it from Metal Gear Solid. There was. Play Raiden. Yeah, I remember. You that. you can even lock a Raiden skin for the whole game and play as Raiden for the whole game. Oh damn, I didn't know that. 
You've yeah. never unlocked the Raiden skin in uh, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. This guy is saying that it's his favorite. Oh my god! An untold culture first. Ray's never unlocked the Raiden skin in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which is his favorite series. That's already an Waffle number one. Raiden skin Assassin's Creed. <laughs> what about what about you guys? <laughs> what about guys? Assassin's Creed. What else? What else? What are we? What are okay, we Mike, um, it's your turn. As it might go. Damn. Okay, so I'll go last. Favorite? What is it? What was it? Favorite video game series? Series. Oh, it's a toss between two guys. I'm gonna have to say Fallout and Diablo, but I don't know what to choose. Which one is your choice? I think I, I think it could be Diablo for him. Or ooh, he's been talking yeah. a lot about Fallout on this episode. I have, I have. I've been, I've been touching on on both of them. But my favorite game of all time. Uh, what is it called again? Series. Series. There you go. That's the word I was trying to find. My favorite all-time game series has to be Diablo. Diablo 2 is probably my most played game ever in the whole world. I've never played any other game more times than I have played Diablo 2. I played Diablo 2 before Diablo 1, then I went back into Diablo 1 and completed that as well. Obviously with Diablo 3, like basically with Diablo for me, I play every character and complete the whole game with every character. Just because I enjoy the game so much, with every single character, you can you have different abilities and you have all the different skills and all that. And when you play through the whole game, yes, it might be the same. It's the same story or you're going through the same dungeons and killing the same kind of enemies, but you're using different skills. And for me, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm playing, I'm playing not a different game, but I feel like I'm playing, having a different experience. For reference, how many hours have you put into Diablo 2? Oh yeah. my God. For Diablo 2, if I, if I knew I would say, but it would be... As an estimate, what do you think? On average, how many hours have you put into Diablo 2? Probably like a thousand hours. Wow. That's... that's and yeah, I'm not even kidding. I'm, cool. I'm not even kidding. Like, because I remember actually, this is a funny story. That's my years, isn't it? That's... Yeah, it, it has to be. And I, I, I remember like heavily, because my dad is like a, a, a super gamer as well. Like, I remember seeing my dad play Diablo 2. And I was like, oh, what's this? And then I started playing it on his computer and I couldn't get off. And he kept trying to like throw me off the PC so I can like, so he can have a game. And I was like, no, like, what do you mean? Like, I'm really enjoying myself. And yeah. And then obviously there's, there's online content as well that, you know, when you can play it online with people, especially with the expansion. Um, yeah, I put a lot of, I put a lot of time into that. It introduced me into that kind of style of game, like top down. Top down dungeon crawler. Dungeon crawler kind of games. And ever since then, I've, always been in love with them type of style of games from like torchlight as well like i've i was about to say do you like torchlight you read mate, my mind mate torchlight torchlight is awesome as well it's not like it's, it's its own game you know diablo is more of like a dark kind of like serious did you enjoy dark side as genesis dark side as genesis did i play dark side have you played dark side as genesis Came out this year, very under the radar. It is exactly, it's like Diablo, but it's actually a narrative game, but exactly the same game as Diablo, loot and kill, uh, top down. Um, dark side yeah. in, in the Dark Siders universe. No. I think you'd enjoy it, but it's only about 14 hours. It's not a long game. But yeah, that's me. Um, my favorite series is, is, is going to have to be, it was hard for me to decide between Fallout and Diablo, but yeah, I, because I put, played more of Diablo, I'll choose Diablo. What about you, Chris? Well... My favorite gaming series of all time is Space Invaders. It's not how many messing. So my favorite, favorite that Space, so Space, funny, Space Invaders is definitely, you know, up there. I mean, I had it on my mobile, my Nokia. Gotta love it. Right. Snake. So, yeah, because I'm ancient. Basically, I'm not, but I had a Nokia. <laughs> Basically, my favorite gaming series of all time, again, is another narrative gaming series because... These games took you on a journey. Now, the second one was a bit like, eh, it wasn't as good, but the narrative was still great. Didn't mix up the formula too much, though. But can you guys think about what I'm saying? What gaming series am I about to say? In three, two, one. You want to guess? Walking Dead. Loco Roco. Nope. Loco nope. <laughs> Roco. It is Bioshock. 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 How did we not get that, bro? You said I know. Not. What are you doing? I, 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 we're not friends. I, I'm surprised I, Infinite isn't his favorite game. Yeah, well, Infinite is up there. It's my top three. Um, anyway, Ooh. so Bioshock. Why Bioshock? I have reasons why Bioshock. 
first things first, Bioshock came with my biggest... If I could... You know, if you have one of those things, if you could turn back time and play a video game again without knowing anything, you... Um, right? Yours is obviously Assassin's Creed 2, right, Ray? And yours is probably Diablo 2 for you, obviously, Mike, right? But for me, I had the ending of Bioshock Infinite ruined for me the day before the game came oh, out. Oh, no. I was scrolling man. through YouTube and someone wrote in the comments, here's a spoiler, by the way, if you're about to play the remaster on Switch, I do warn you to spoil the ending of Bioshock Infinite, so literally mute now for two seconds, that Elizabeth drowns Booker DeWitt at the end. And I was like reading this comment and I was just, because it was the day before the game came out and this comment just was like top comment on YouTube for under a Bioshock Infinite like review. I was like, ha, ha, ha. yeah, that's not going to happen. And when it was leading up to it and I saw it was going to happen, I was like, fuck, man, I'm so gutted that I didn't get to have that shock experience firsthand, that that was robbed from me. It was very same as my friend messaging me the day Assassin's Creed 3 came out, messaging me, haha, Desmond Mars dies at the end. So I, that, that was another shock I didn't get because someone ruined that for me. Um, but yeah, it was all about that, man. The fact that I, if I could like turn it back and like be able to like go in that game completely not knowing that ending i would have had such even though the ending it still blew my mind through the sea of doors and the lighthouses it, it just yeah it, it's one thing i just love to do is have my mind wiped and play that game without knowing that ending but apart from that bioshock is just like bioshock one with would you kindly and atlas and andrew ryan and it's just it was one of these worlds we'd never experienced we'd never gone to a city under the sea rapture was this amazing place uh and for video gamers i mean system shock i mean we experienced a kind of similar deal in space i guess yeah i mean rapture was phenomenal it was such a the best thing what irrational did um is they created a world i mean like well yeah the the full world yeah completely there'd never been a game in rapture but you fully believed you'd been to this place before because all the audio logs the notes you found the conversations between characters, the, the, the rambling splices would give as they're walking around, just talking to themselves. I mean, it was just something so magical and unnerving and terrifying about being in this world of rapture. But you just loved it because when you heard that big daddy, you were like, oh, snap. Yeah, <laughs> I was knew, out there, bro. You knew something was going to go down. And I mean, Bioshock 2 did give us more of the same, and I respect that with a bit of tweaks, and I've got nothing against Bioshock 2. I do think it's the weakest in the series. Um, but Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite, oh my god. Like, you know what I would like to game. ask? I would like yeah, to ask both it. of you, actually. Hey, in these kind of games, are you the good guy or the bad guy? In, in, in Bioshock? Or just in games in general, do you normally decide to go down, I'm gonna take her um, or I'm going to let her be free. I was the kind of person who played Fable 2 and murdered people at midnight to get horns. So yeah, <laughs> I'm the bad I guy. I, I, I kind of thought you would be. When I play games now, <laughs> I, I, tend to, I tend to disagree with everyone. Like, you know, like Telltale give you the choice of whether you want to help someone or you, whether you want to go by yourself. The Walking Dead Telltale series made me realize survival is... Mate. The fittest. Hey, they yeah. turned me into a bastard. Those games. Do you remember? You, you, you remember in Telltale series one, where you're stuck in the room with all those blocks of ice, and you have yeah. to either kill that that guy who's yes. got a cough, or, or or you have to kill the woman. And you're like, well, he's got a cough. He's obviously going to be a zombie. You just find out he's like ill afterwards. He wasn't even infected. You're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, man, literally, like, this is actually a funny end uh, a story because I I literally wrote my whole dissertation uni on um choices in gaming and, and how it affects deep. people it is a bit deep yeah i kind of i kind of researched a lot about it but I, it's it's interesting to to find out how how people actually um how they actually feel in terms of them as a as themselves and then how they like to portray themselves when they're ever when they're, they're in like a game i guess in, you've, you've probably looked at, looked at this quite a lot mike i guess yeah that people want to do things they can't do in real life that's like why people, people love shooting people so much on Grand Theft Auto and running people over because you can't do that in real life. You'd be put in prison or not, or, you know. That's why people, I mean, as much as people are like, the game hatred is really bad, oh my god. People still bought it. People, people, it's as bad as it sounds, and I'm not saying I do, by the way, I don't. People have fantasies about going on a killing spree on bad days, of course they do. It, it just is what it is. You know, and p- people can live out those killing spree fantasies playing hatred. That's it's why it's Destiny 2. It's, 
<laughs> yeah, Ray, Ray, Ray gets annoyed in Destiny 2. He's like, I want to kill everybody. I want to yeah. kill all the I want to kill <laughs> Rage. the fallen. I want to kill all the humans. I want to go play PvP, PvE. I want to yeah. be a badass. <laughs> I want to be a badass. I want to kill everyone and just be the only strongest person, plus See, my other me, teammates. Yeah. But yeah. It's su- it, I don't know, man. It's super hard for me because I, I just, I like being the good guy. And I know it. I, I know I've always got myself into those stupid situations where I shouldn't have made that choice, but I just can't help myself by helping everyone. Please tell me, right? Please tell me that you all have played a narrative game like Detroit Become Human or Heavy Rain. Oh my God. Or Beyond Two, Beyond Souls, Two Souls. Yeah. But you've made a choice. So you've <laughs> turned the console off. Not yes, even, I like, fully did that. Even, not even like going to the menu. Oh my God. Turn yeah. the console off and go, no, I didn't make that choice. But deep down, you know, you did make that choice. You're always thinking in your head, what happens? Close what application. Happens Close application. I literally did that with restart. I did that with Heavy Rain. I fully did that with Heavy Rain. <laughs> I literally killed one of the characters off in Heavy Rain, same as you might. It's like, no, yeah. no, no, I didn't want you to die. Oh my yeah, god! Don't worry. So, guys, what's your game you're most looking forward to playing this year? Have you played it yet? I mean, there's loads of games coming out this year. I mean, you might have played the one you're most looking forward to. And I think that we all have the same answer. And if I'm wrong, I'll need to after call. three. After three, guys. All right. One, one, two, two three. three. The last, the last of us, part, part two. two. <laughs> Cyberpunk. By the way, I can't wait for that game too. CD Projekt Red. Right. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it is actually between Cyberpunk and Last of Us Two, but I don't know, man. I mean, we in theory will get Last of Us Two before Cyberpunk. Well, the Warcraft Shadowlands. No, just me. Nah, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Nah, and even I like you play World of Warcraft, bro. <laughs> I got up to like level forty or something, and I just had to go. Listen, I, I can't play by me. World Me and MMOs that you don't need go to, together. You need to play with people, and I don't oh, have any definitely, friends in World of Warcraft, unfortunately. I just can't do MMOs. I did Final Fantasy Online and got to level Dragoon and went. This ain't for me. There's I a really good see. show um, called Final Fantasy: Dad of Light. Uh, if anyone wants to watch that, that's a show about a son and his dad who plays Final Fantasy XIV uh, that basically puts all the elements of real life and video games together into and it's 100% and sponsored by Square Enix. Of course. They're like, yes, we'll use this to get all the fathers playing games with their sons and they'll buy all the expansions and then we will rule the entire the gaming universe. <laughs> if you haven't known... Or if you're just listening for the first time and you don't know who Chris is, Chris is a really good voice actor. If you're a developer or you're a talent acquisition guy, please go and check out Chris Josty. <laughs> I mean, I definitely want to do more work in video games. So let's go into why we want to we wanna play Last of Us 2. Why, why is that the most hotly anticipated Do we want to play Last of Us 2? I don't even need to go into why. Why do people want to know? It's The Last of Us Part Two. That's why. Have a game we never thought we'd get a sequel to, and then they went, "Oh, look!" Oh, we 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 knew hands down, hundred percent in our pants, in our briefs, in our underwear, in our panties that we knew Last of Us Two was coming out. Um, Neil Druckmann was putting that baby in the oven as soon as he finished Last of Us Part One. I mean, I I had a chat with Neil a few years ago, back in 2014. No, you've met Neil Druckmann. Yeah, at the BAFTA. You've met our Lord and Savior. Yeah, I was uh, I was a bit embarrassing towards him, but you know, yeah, yeah, it happens sometimes. I was a bit embarrassing when I met Hideo Kojima, but you know, you've met Kojima. I've yeah. seen Kojima. <laughs> I mean, I am like super I met. You know what? Right now. I'm not going to go into the story too much, but the funny thing is, I met him in a in a toilet. Wait. <laughs> Let's elaborate on that, Mike. Let's elaborate on that. Do you really want to go into this story? That is is how Hayata Kojima got his idea to have a pissing mechanic in Death Stranding. He met Mike and was like, oh my God, I need to have this feature in my game because talking to that man when he was pissing just twigged that idea. Right. Okay. I'll I'll briefly describe what actually happened in like a a quick few minutes. So basically, I was at the BAFTAs. Did you compare dick sizes? No, I was at the BAFTAs. I can't remember what year it was. Um, 2014. Was award, uh, maybe around that time. No, a little bit later after that. Yeah, I was I was walking down the corridor and um, this was at the Tobacco Docks. If you know what Tobacco Docks layout is, it's kind of like an underground facility, but not really. And, Why were you um, at the BAFTAs? Through uni, we got inv- invited, something like that. I can't remember. I mean, that's so cool. I mean, I'm an yeah. actor and I haven't been invited to the BAFTAs yeah, yet. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was a really cool experience. Pick up the phone and invite me. Thank you. So I was walking down the, the, the corridor and um, 
uh, I, I was going to the toilet, so I went to the, the men's. And literally, standing there at the urinal was Hideo Kojima. Did he have lights over me? Like, oh, and I, was, I literally stood there and I paused. No word of lie. Not many times I have to double take because I know it's the person. I literally had to like close my eyes and open them again and go, what the fuck? And then he finished and he turned around. He saw me standing there and I was like, oh shit. And then I was like, hello. <laughs> and I was super awkward. And then what the fuck? And I didn't even know what to do. So he kind of just like went outside. He kind of just left. And then he was like, hi. He kind of just bowed a little bit. Oh, so he, he waited for you outside the toilet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really cool of him. I heard cool stories about Kojima, but the fact that he waited for you to finish your pee to meet you, that's one hygienic and two very, very polite. So when I left, he was still there and he had a translator there as well with him. So he was being more basically... He translated nice peeing with you. No, no, he didn't, no. <laughs> yeah, so that's we, how he got we... the idea for Death Stranding, right? It is completely the idea where he got Norman Reed to piss. He was like, that guy I met in the toilet who stared at me peeing, it gave me an idea. No way. So yeah, we got a picture of him and it was super fun and he was super such a cool guy. And then, yeah, he, he left and I was just like, oh my God, I met Hideo Kojima in the toilet. Literally, if you look at the credits of Death Stranding at the very end, it says, thank you, Michael, for the idea of the pissing mechanic. So that's, that's, that's a story that's, that, that's I will, that I will keep to yeah. myself. Wow. Uh, no, Jackman, yeah. let's go back to Last of And wait, before you do, you guys have got encounters. I'm a cool guy who I respect Ooh. a lot. Um, and it, it was a paid-for encounter, but it turned into, like, an encounter that, like, you couldn't pay for, if that Ooh, makes friends. sense. No, I, we're not. We're not friends. Cool friends. We're, we're not friends. friends. We're not friends. But I, I admire him oh, a lot, um, and I respect him a lot. And it is sticking on the last of his track. When I met Troy Baker, what oh, a cool bro. guy! I, Troy I met Baker Troy Baker, Baker as well. So when I met Troy Baker, okay, fine. Okay, this is my time now, Mister Hida Kojima pissing. Right? Sorry, <laughs> and Mister Neil Drugman. I'm telling you my time when I met Troy Baker. Okay, okay. Good, good. So basically. Um, we, I say basically a lot. He says, cool. I say basically we, um, I was at Comic-Con, um, Optimus Comic-Con in Bristol. They managed to get Troy Baker as a guest, which is the best. And he's, you know, and they had his concert as well. So we got to listen to him singing. But anyway, I turn up to, um, his table. I've queued for a bit. I had a Bioshock Infinite Booker DeWitt figure in my hand, still boxed. Uh, and obviously I was in full Joel cosplay. I'd made Joel's bag and everything. And I went up to his table and I'm like, Hey man, oh my God like you your singing is amazing your song my religion it just it just gets me through the day he's like oh my god like this guy really knows me like he knows he knows my music not many people know troy baker's music right yeah yeah if you haven't don't listen to his music check it out he's incredible um i mean window to the abbey i helped fund that album i paid 80 pounds towards that album to be funded so i know it's not a lot of money um so yeah i mean such an amazing artist but anyway I'm there, I'm talking to him, having a really cool time, even talking to his wife and going, you're an incredible photographer because she is, she's amazing. And then I'm just like, can you sign this, please? So he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the book of DeWitt figure. So I start showing him that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, look at this. And I show him my, my Joel bag. And he's like, wow. He's like, the detail in that is absolutely amazing. And trying to do an American accent. It's absolutely amazing. Like, that is next level Joel cosplay there. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do for you? I'm so impressed with this. I want to put my mark on it. Am I going to put my mark? Can I put my mark on it? Okay, yeah. So he signed my Joel bag free of charge and put his signature on it because he was so impressed with how good my Joel bag was. So I've got probably in the world, unless there's another Joel cosplayer out there who had a similar idea, but even though I didn't want him to sign my Joel bag, he did. And I wasn't annoyed he signed it, by the way. I was very grateful. I just didn't plan for him to sign my Joel bag. So I've probably got the only Joel signed Joel bag in the entire of the world. Because I made the jaw bag and he signed the jaw bag. And that's, that's not nice. a challenge for you people who are like, I'm not going to get a signed jaw bag too. Yeah, I mean, you can <laughs> try and one up me. Go for it. All right, get a signed jaw bag and a signed Ellie bag. But that's my story. And I, that's why I think Troy Baker is just a really cool guy. And a side note, I did a photo op with him. He put his arm around me and I went, No, man. No, we're not doing that. And I shoved a gun in his hand and went, We're killing in fact. And he went, Okay, here we go. And he literally jaw voiced. Grab the gun, cop the gun, and I've got the most badass photo with Troy Baker. Ever. I need to see that, man. You ain't showed us that yet. I will put it in the in our in our private chat. I yeah. think I met Joe, Troy Baker once as well, 2015 BAFTA Awards, the following year, alongside Neil Druckmann. I asked Neil Druckmann <laughs> the very the very the very question that everyone was basically asking 
Um, this was before HBO signed off on the Last of Us series. I asked him what's next for the Last of Us, and I said, "There's a film currently pegging by Sony," and he said, "Haha, before we do that, we'd want to make another game." No. This is a Why conversation. Is this, this is not this front is a, page news because this, this is a conversation just between me and Neil, just just two laddies, just two best friends, just hashing it out, just saying we we were like we were like just just chatting away, drinking some wine, and saying, "Hey." Listen, you weren't drinking wine. The Last of Us movie Come or The on. Last of Us 2. And he was like, well, if we really wanted to do something, I think we'd focus on the game first. Oh my God. Ray knew about The Last of Us 2 before anybody else in the world. All you got to oh. do is get Neil Druckmann drunk and he tells you everything. There and you then I tried to, try to add him on Facebook uh, the, the following night and, and I didn't get any response after that. You but didn't actually. Did you, did you actually? No. <laughs> did you actually try and add Neil Druckmann on Facebook? No, you hey. didn't. Right. Hey. This is this is not actually a call out. This is just something that really upset me. And I have still respect for the man. But I'm a massive fan of Ken Levine, who did yeah. Bioshock Infinite, right? And my friend um, Hannah is friends with him. So I saw he's friends with him. And I sent him a message saying, man, you're an inspiration. I love you so much. I'm working on some narrative stuff myself. It's all inspired by you because how good your narrative structure was for an infinite. You've changed my life. And guess what? Guess what? He has seen it, but not replied. It's a scene, oh. and he didn't say or do anything. Uh, that... I am heartbroken. Ken, if you ever listen to this, man, like this was like eight, seven to eight years ago. I mean, yeah, it's like the memes where it's like, bro, you don't need to reply. This was like 10 years ago. Oh, man. Like, oh, do you have a mic? And he's like, yes. Literally, I was heartbroken. I literally, it took about him a week to see the message, and it just said, scene. And I was like, dude, I even showed you that I own like a signed picture from your like art store signed by you. I'm showing you how big of a fan I was and thanking you. And you couldn't even say thank you to me for being telling you how amazing I thought you were. It's a tough schedule, bro. Eight years, man. It's busy. I know. And this is not me, <laughs> not me calling out Ken Levine because Ken, even though you put me on scene, mate, I'll always have time for you. He left you on red, bro. He oh left me on red. Ken Levine left me on red, and I love that. Broken. I was so much younger. Than, I was like eighteen, but still, oh, it's so, quite so inspiring to, to hear about all these stories about developers, human beings in general, but people who have come to positions of creative directors. Neil Druckmann is is one example of of a person who was a developer. No, before that, he was a programmer or a coder for games on PS2 for Naughty Dog for like Jack X racing and stuff like that. He was he was very unknown to 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 the whole world of gaming. And it was only this one idea he had because he was doing comics way before he got even into The Last of Us. And he was doing this idea of 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 the whole virus outbreak, you know, with the fungus and stuff. He did that in a comic, his own comic. And after Uncharted 3, Naughty Dog was unsure of the creative direction that they wanted to go. And it was only then when Neil Druckmann decided to show his comics to uh, Bruce Straley um, and said, hey, dude, this is this is my comic. Um, you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't trying to say, Let, let's pitch an idea to Naughty Dog. He was just saying, dude, this is my comic. I've been working on this for a few years. What do you think? And Bruce was like, dude. This is really good. So they pitched it to 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 the Naughty Dog guys, uh, and that's where the Last of Us idea came from. From a guy who was just a coder, and he became the creative one of the creative directors for the Last of Us, a game that's, that's changed happen, the the it's landscape the of gaming. And now he is one of the icons to watch alongside Trey Baker, and uh, Keanu Reeves is just Keanu Reeves in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. So anyways, we're coming to the end of this episode zero podcast uh, for Untold Culture. And it's been such a really cool experience for us because this is the first time we've actually sat down and spoken while we were recording because we've we've waffled so much before doing this and we've actually debated on a lot more topics than you can actually hear. But some of the things we're going to be talking about on the show are stories about us and stories about all the developers and untold stories which is why we came up with this concept called the untold culture. We want to be able to take people's opinions and comments that they post on Facebook and Twitter and basically extract that and start a bigger conversation around it. The stories that we spoke about from our video games and of course references to Neil Druckmann and Troy Baker and 
stuff like that is. I can't to... say who, but I'm going to drop a little carrot to get you all excited because I'm hoping you get him on the podcast. But I have someone who is working on one of the biggest unannounced games of all time, who is a good friend of mine. Can't see who, can't see what they're doing, but if we can get them on the podcast, which I'm pretty sure we can, it's going to be a really good episode. Little hot flaming teaser for you there. We're just going to be talking about a little few topics here and there, such as what's happening in games today. Chris and Mike, have you any updates to what's happening in games nowadays? Because I've been stuck in a nutshell playing Final Fantasy X. I'm about 23 hours into it, and I've, I have I stressed myself out today playing a boss battle. I just got up to about nearly halfway there, and I've been so out of touch with Final Fantasy VII that it's coming. I'm getting to it. I just want to play through all the back, back catalog of games. Um, yeah, I'm I'm currently playing some FF7 at the moment, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I've never played Final Fantasy before, like, properly. This is Final Fantasy VII. I've played about four or five hours of the original. So, yeah, get your pitchforks and send them to me now. I've been playing that. I'm halfway through Resident Evil 3 Remake. Don't ask me how I'm halfway through such a game. It's about six hours long. It's because my friend Lacey, um, check him out on Instagram, amazing cosplayer, LaceyJames007. Literally, he's phenomenal. Um, he literally, he told me, because I've never played Resident Evil 2 all the way through either of the remakes, he told me, play halfway through Resident Evil 3 remake, when you get to halfway point, at a certain point, I won't say, because spoiler, then turn it off, put Resident Evil 2 remake in, and play through Claire's campaign, and then you'll get the full story and go back into Resident Evil um, 3 remake. And I'm just like, oh my god, there's so much Resident Evil, like, Resident Evil's amazing, but I'm like, I just finished Leon's campaign in Resident Evil 2 remake last week, and I'm like, I'm kind of resident evil out so i mean that's what i've been up to and i mean been dabbling through the endless games on the playstation store because they're so cheap and i'm in lockdown so i've spent a lot of money on the playstation store and yeah oh and i started playing control uh which is a really cool game that was very much overlooked by people but it should definitely play it because it's great what about you guys what you guys uh, been up to in the world of gaming or entertainment me yes so as a part of my job I stream, well, I'm learning how to stream anyway, because Twitch is such a massive platform and learning how to do stream labs and all that stuff. I won't go to the technicals, but yeah, um, what I've been streaming is Heroes of the Storm. And I've been playing Heroes of the Storm for many years now, before it even came out, but in beta. And um, yeah, I just love Heroes of the Storm. Um, people might have the thing like, oh, why'd you play Heroes of the Storm? Like, we've got League of Legends. I'm like, it, people can have their opinions on what game's better. But um, for me, um, I prefer Heroes of the Storm more because there's like more of an objective thing. But yeah, that's the game I've been playing the most at the moment. And then obviously, like there's, there's, I'd recently just got Risk of Rain two, which my friends told me to buy and play with them. And that game is a load of craziness and shooting a lot of things. And is it good? Because I've seen it advertised and was tempted to pick it up. It is super fun, but you need friends. I have no friends, so that's no, me out. No, I mean, I could... Oh, well, you don't, have, you don't play on PC. Um, but yeah. Um, uh, I, I do sometimes. I mean, I've got a gaming laptop, yeah, which I'm using right now. It's, it's super fun. Uh, you get dropped in. It's like a roguelike kind of... Uh, you got to kill loads of monsters and then get equipment that will upgrade you. And you got to play through the world and then beat a boss and then go to the next world and then kill the enemies and get weapons and kill the boss and then go to the next level until you're literally like built up so many and stacked so many different equipment and items that you're just literally god and you can just run around a map and kill everything and you won't die but it's super hard to do that and that's why you've got to kind of play your friends too and there's loads of different characters you can play you can play an assassin you can play like a commander you can there's loads of cool stuff but yeah i recommend picking up risk of rain too if you kind of like roguelike shoot em up games and yeah that's what i've been playing so risk going to and here is the storm Rehan has been Rehan, what about you final fantasy 10 sounds a hella boring risk of rain 2 it sounds like one of those like single player slash multiplayer slash customizable slash oh the list could go on it just it sounds like there's so many games out there that that have that same element like you can create as many characters you want and then, and then play through them until you get bored and then play another one until you get bored oh you don't create characters in this game oh no, you get you get given a character. There's, the, I think there's six or seven characters you choose from. That's and still it, a lot. It has its, but they have their own unique abilities, base abilities. You can you can upgrade, you can unlock different abilities, but you know you have got to play that character for a long time oh, until you. Just give it. me the Last of Us Two, Mike. 
just give me that game? Not uh, just Last of Us 2, which obviously I'm the massively excited for, but Tale one, 1 port I can't wait for. They got announced. Bioshock Collection on Switch! Yeah, I'm going to pick oh, yeah. up a Switch for Skyrim. I can play Bioshock while having a crap on the toilet. What more do you want? Yeah, trying to get 50 kills with the machine gun while on the shitter. That sounds like an awesome, awesome gaming session. Anyways, lads, uh, this is coming to the end of the episode. Oh, uh, mate. Any, any last thoughts before we wrap up episode two of the debut episode? Uh, because episode one will be shooting soon. But if you're listening to this, episode one will be releasing in just three days. That's right. Just three days. Three days? Yeah. That's three crazy, days. bro. Three uh, days? Are we like traveling through space and time? Because I mean, it's probably about a week away with our time. So they're getting it super early if it's three days. Yeah, don't worry. We'll sort that stuff out. But yeah, um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Untold Culture podcast, guys. Uh, we've just been rambling a lot and talking about our own experiences. But the main purpose and focus of the Untold Culture is getting a conversation started. And yeah talking about games and and all that stuff so keep your eyes and ears open and stay a while and listen <laughs> any last words chris guys the, the mighty chris thank yeah. you so much and as a special sign off i'm going to just turn into joker for you all in two seconds hello there thank you for listening to the untold culture podcast with me chris Josty, ray and mike <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah, so that's how I feel about it. Also, I want to put out there, there better be another Arkham game soon, Rocksteady. So come and unwrap the untold stories of our video games. The only thing that's missing is a culture. So, you in? <laughs> <laughs>